Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I dreamed a dream of days to come where sponsorship is high and money is forthcoming. That's beautiful, Kevin. I really added a voice onto that one, too. <laughs> I really was trying to go for something there. Listeners, we love creating this podcast, but it does cost money. Please don't make me sell my Angel record. Oh, my gosh. The original cast recording of Angel. That, like, nobody has. Nobody has it. If you like what we are doing and want us to keep doing more of it, please head over to patreon.com. What? That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Pat Rion. I feel, like <laughs> Pat Rion. Yeah, Pat, Pat Rion. Rion. Pat Rion. Yeah, and once you're there, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends. And of course, we don't expect to give without receiving some great rewards. Such rewards include behind-the-scenes videos, shout-outs on future episodes, Ooh. or episodes, depending on what part of the country you're from, because <laughs> I said episodes, and early access to some of our podcasts. Hell, for the right price, Kevin and I will come to your apartment and act out all of Agnes of God. <laughs> so head over, friends, to P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to help us out. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Today's guest uh, needs only to sing three notes before your heart will melt. I would say two. A two. Or one. You're doing a one. Mm-hmm. One. Yep. Mm-hmm. Half, half a measure. Mm-hmm. Just a beat. Just, just like... A, yeah, that's it. That's all. Her instrument is a link to the golden age of Broadway, classical and filled with warmth, a natural successor to the world of Mary Martin, Barbara Cook, but also brilliant on contemporary work as well. Yes. And a huge advocate of contemporary writers that we're going to talk about in a second. Her falling in love with love is the definitive version of that song, I think. She, oh, I agree. She has lent her talents to some of musical theater's greatest roles. Christine Daae, Lily Craven, Magnolia, Maria... Rainer, which I never even knew that was her last name. Uh, Mary, I, true, uh, true story. Uh, Marianne Peru, Winifred Banks, and most recently Helen Bechdel in Fun Home. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Hal Prince, Mandy Patinkin, and Susan Stroman, here is everyone's favorite soprano, two, three time, three time, I'm sorry, three time Tony nominee, <laughs> Rebecca Luker, who got me so excited that my pants are literally wet. Okay, uh,. <laughs> We should explain. Yes. We should, we should explain exactly Because <laughs> otherwise... Oh, my God. We have Welcome. been trying to get Thank you... Thank you so much. Welcome. Rob and Kevin. Thank you. We've been trying to get you for such a long time. We wanted to make sure everything was perfect for you today. And... <laughs> and I spilled ice water on Kevin's lap. Yes. Rob's lap. Rob's yes. lap. Rob's <laughs> lap. Rob's lap. <laughs> I, we Rob's had lap. Um, a little glitch here, and I am, I am soaked, but <laughs> I, I can but, say... But you're awake. I cannot wait to go home and tell my husband. Rebecca Luker did Stop that. Stop it. Stop you it. No, just... Awake. I mean, not like somebody knocked... Yeah. Knocked into me. It was like the Rebecca Luker. How exciting is that? <laughs> Come on. Not the first time I've oh. wow. done that. She'll be here all week, folks. She'll yes. be here all week. Let me ask but, you, yes. growing up in Alabama, right? Yes, I did. How did you discover musical theater growing up in Alabama? That's a very good question. Uh, I lived out in the middle of, you know, nowhere in suburbia. H- Hel- Helena? Al- Al- uh, Helena. 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 See, I don't yeah. even know how to say it. 30 miles-ish south of Birmingham. Yeah. And uh, my family uh, went to church, and I, we sang in church, and I sang in every choir that I could get my hands on. And I, the only musical theater I had, uh, you know, that I could see was basically movies. So I saw, you know, West Side Story and... You know, uh, Gypsy and yeah. Sound of Music and How to Succeed in Business. And, and, and I was, I think I was the only kid of my four siblings that was up in my bedroom going, oh my God, look at that. You know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so cool. Where have I been and whatever. And what did your parents do? My dad, uh, you know, uh, drew house plans and built houses. And uh, my mom was a, a secretary slash treasurer at the high school. Huh. And, you know, very working class, hardworking, middle class people. And they were fine with you going into a career in the arts? They were. My family was very musical, and we all sang, and, and my mom signed me up for voice lessons when I was 16 at the local university without even asking me. Oh, wow. And, oh, oh my I, know, gosh. I came home from high school, and she went, I signed you up. And I went, you did? 
And it turned out to be the best thing anybody ever did for me. Why? It just opened my world and my mind. Yeah. You know, I drove myself down to the college, Montevallo, where I went and graduated. Oh, you under, yeah. University of Montevallo. Yeah. And I drove myself there every week and took voice lessons and learned about art song and musical theater. And it just changed my life. Yeah. It, it put me on the, the path that I eventually got on, you know. Yeah. What kind of music were you listening to growing up? What was the popular music that was <laughs> that was running through your mind? Believe it or not, I, pretty eclectic, but uh, I'm a real rocker. So, oh, uh, so are you? 70s yes. rock was my, yes. my thing. Nice. Uh, and uh, folk songs and, mm -hmm. and uh, big band stuff. My mom had a big stack of big band records. And again, I was the only weirdo kid in the house that listened to the big band records and, and sang into my perfume, my brush. Nice. You, know? you were a junior miss at some point? I was a junior. I was uh, Shelby County's junior miss in 1979 in Alabama. And I went on to be first runner up in Alabama. So wait, what is a junior miss? What is uh, it? Junior miss is basically a scholarship program. Now they call it exceptional young, young, exceptional young women pageant or something. I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to actually, uh, I'm going to judge one this summer. Oh? In Mobile, Alabama. Oh my God, How that is so cool is sweet. Hilarious. And my husband and I, husband Danny Burstein and I, uh, have fun inventing questions that we're going to ask the girls, and maybe we won't get into that. But anyway, it's, that's amazing. It's a lot of fun, and I would be thrown out. I would be thrown out as a judge if I asked so what any have? of the questions <laughs> that I want to ask them. So when you when you were doing it, like what was, what did this entail? So, so Junior Miss is is a, is a scholarship comp a, a beauty pageant basically, but it's a scholarship competition for high school senior girls. Yeah, and uh, I, I competed in my home state and won you know my county. Wow. And I went on to Montgomery to yeah. the Alabama Junior Miss, and I won Miss Congeniality, or what they called it back then, Miss Coca-Cola or something. Oh. <laughs> Coca-Cola <laughs> Spirit. And, and, and then, I, then I won a full scholarship to my college. Oh, snap. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. So that was, oh, my goodness. So my parents were happy about that. Was there a talent portion of the competition? There was. And you had to sing. I did. And you did sing. And what did you sing? I sang much more from the Fantastics. And my mom made my did. dress, and I, you know, it was, I, I guess incredible. I did pretty well. You know? That's incredible. So. so what was college like for you? College was wonderful. I loved college. My, I went at, from studying voice there when I was a 16-year-old, um, I grew to, I met some of the faculty, uh -huh. the voice faculty there. And when I graduated from high school, uh, I signed up to, to work with the best voice teacher there. I love him. He's still a dear friend of mine, oh. Benny Midaw. And so, and I, you know, I, I starred in a lot of the musicals and got got bitten by the bug there. I, I, I didn't decide to perform though until I was about a junior. So oh, I thought, wow. yeah, I thought I would be a teacher. I thought I would, yeah. I thought I would be going to music therapy, which was really big. I back thought then. about the same thing Did when you? I went to college. I picked my college yes. because they had a music therapy. Because I thought, well, I could always fall back yes. on that. Oh, it's, it was a that. very, very, yeah. you know, new but very popular. Mm -hmm. thing to do back then and I was shy you know and I lived in Alabama what what how am I going to perform and make a living what what, what am I going to do but uh I decided after starring in those musicals you know music man yeah. you know guys and dolls that sort of thing that I maybe had something and and I uh I just was lucky and met some people along the way in Birmingham in community theater who had come from New York to stage things and eventually I found myself going to Detroit Michigan where I signed up for the internship program and start in one of the musicals and then two of the operas it, 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 at Michigan Opera Michigan Theater Opera. in Detroit, yeah. Michigan, and you, MOT. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was one of them Sweeney Todd? One of them was Sweeney Todd. Who was your Mrs. Lovett? GDK. You know this story. What a, tell I, us. I think our listeners need to hear this story because yes. well, this is kind of crazy. This that. was my second year there. The first year I went, I, I, I was Anne in A Little Night Music and that was oh. wonderful. And then oh. they asked me back the next year after I graduated from college, I went back the second time. Uh, and then I did Sweeney Todd that year. I forget what the operas were. Mm -hmm. I forget. Uh, but uh, Judy Kay was Mrs. Lovett, <laughs> and we and uh, I, I thought she was so wonderful and so brilliant and smart, and uh, she befriended me, and it was great. And she told her agent about me because I, I was I didn't know what I was going to do. I was out of college. I had no plans at all. I was just sort of kind of rudderless, you know. Yeah. Where the where the wind blew me. And she talked to her agent, Brett Adams, the late Brett Adams. Oh, yeah. And, um, and said, there's this young woman here that, you know, the, who graduated from college and she wants to come to New York and, you know, and you should meet her. So he came, he came to see the show and met me and wrote me a letter after to say if I moved to New York, he would sign me as a client. So 
So I thought, see, I thought everybody found agents out of town. <laughs> and, I, and what I like to call that thing is, I, what I, that experience is some enchanted evening in Detroit. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's the title of the autobiography. There it is. Yeah, that's it. Right that's there. It, that's, that's it. it. That's oh, it. my oh God. My well, how wild. That is just. It was really fun. I was, you know, 22, 23 at the time. And I, I just, uh, you know, it was a really it was an amazing break. Special. Was New York even on your radar at that? I mean, what what was the big shift from I'm going to do music therapy, I'm going to I'm going to go down a teaching route and then going no, I'm going to make this a career. I know. I well, I I in my junior year in college, I shifted solely to musical uh, vocal performance yeah. in my in my major. Gotcha. And uh but yeah, I I just wasn't sure exactly what I would do. Maybe I was going to stay in Alabama and sing or teach or perform somewhere or whatever. And opera was never a, a real like you Not weren't gonna, really. I mean, yeah. you know, especially then I was a light, very light yeah. lyric soprano. Yeah. Um, I've done more of that since then. Yeah, I love to do the crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just uh, I kept, as I said, it, it all stemmed from meeting people and networking and and getting encouragement from people. You know, you should go to Detroit. You should do this. You should do that. You know, I'm going to introduce you to my agent. And you know, that was the real. And when I was in Michigan, I worked. We worked with lots of wonderful uh, acting teachers, and uh, and 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 a lot of the interns were New Yorkers. Oh, okay. So they oh. they would say, "Come to you know, you stay with me when you, if you ever come to New York." And so little by little, the, the idea started to make sense to me. And then when the agent thing happened, it was like, "Okay, this is my this is what I'm going to do with my life." You had a strong community supporting I, you. I did. It's kind of amazing. It's very important for young people to have that. I, I don't know so. what I would have done without a couple of people. Let's talk about some of your other mentors. I know that you mentioned your voice teacher earlier, yeah. right? Who who else in this in this beginning stages of your journey do you want to thank or well, re- well, really had an impact? I, I already mentioned my mom, who, yeah. who was very very influential. Mm. She has a beautiful soprano voice as well, Martha, and mm. she, you know, I was singing when I was just could barely walk, you know, because of her. And she helped me match pitches on the piano. Yeah. And I was, you know, she taught me how to sing harmony and then all that. Um, and a young woman back then named Lisa Gaines, who I did Little Night Music with, she's the one that said, I was not going to go to Detroit at first because it scared me to death. I was going to, I got myself there for the audition. They, they didn't just give it to me. And it was a horrible audition. Why? Oh, I was... Because I got off a plane that same day and had to go to some hotel in Midtown. It's the, the place on 57th there, the Wellington. Had to go to the Wellington Hotel and go behind a curtain. You could hear everybody singing. Ugh. And I had never met my accompanist. Here's my music. I was exhausted and nervous. And I, I, you know, I was just terrible. But the director who had worked with me in Birmingham talked the director of the opera company into hiring me. It was sort of a deal. He said, if you... if you can hire who you want for Hendrick. Oh my god. If you hire Rebecca Luger to play Anne. Hey. And so I don't care how I got in, I got in. And then in the end he was happy that he hired me. I I, I made good and, and didn't embarrass myself or anything. And I was so happy for the opportunity. I worked my butt off, you know. Was that your first time in New York City or had you been before? I had been when I was a, a child, about, oh. around eleven years of age. My my parent my whole family came to this part of the country. And I remember loving it even then. I just thought this is a wild place. Did you see any shows when you were? Ne- no, we didn't see shows. Okay. We, we were such rednecks. I have no, no. I, I don't know why we didn't. We just probably the money or we had one day in New York, you know. Yeah. At your audition, though, what did you sing? Do you remember what you sang? I think I did sing something from the show. Soon or something. Yeah. I, I, I sang, you know, we always, soon, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. We always ask when, when you were in the beginning stages of all this, what was your go-to audition song? What was always in that book for you? Was there one that you just knocked out of the park? I haven't had a book in so long. <laughs> I'm going to not have a good answer. Sometimes I had horrible. I went in one time and sang something I think it was Ride as Rain for this guy. And he said to me after I sang, he went, you do have something with more range, don't you? You know, can you can you sing something with a high note? Mm. You know, maybe you have a high note in there somewhere. And I went, oh, <laughs> yeah, right. So I don't know. You know, I I don't even remember. I say for for my Phantom of the Opera audition, I sang uh, something from Ballad of Baby Doe. What? With a high, it had a high D at the end. You oh know? my god! The silver aria was it or nice. no Willow? Willow. Da, 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 yeah, that one. I sang that and I did well because I had just gotten out of college. I was well trained. Yeah, you know, so I was, you know, so I got that job. So you you, you came to New York then backing up because I want to get to the Phantom audition. You you when what year did you come to New York? So then? I came to New York in '85. Okay, in February of '85, and uh, I just passed the 32 year mark. Actually, Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. amazing. And then um, 
and Phantom, I, I did a lot of some summer stock, and the first things I did were some concerts in the city with what used to be the the encores of the day, the New Amsterdam Theater Company. Oh yes, and Bill Tynes at Town Bill Hall. Tynes. Yes, God love him. Uh, I, I did Jubilee and Music in the Air, and that got me sort of on the map. And then I did some summer stock, uh-huh. and then. Uh, and then uh, my first equity job was Leave It to Jane at, at uh, Goodspeed. I was Jane, uh, the old So turn. you're always getting roles at this point. I mean, I it was, seemed I, like I was it. doing pretty well in the musical theater area. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Brett got me into the Phantom audition because they needed an understudy for Christine. And, so. and the buzz was pretty big at the time. I mean, it was with Phantom. Huge. I mean, Phantom? Oh because yeah, it had already played over. Oh. In, it was could, we interviewed gig- Judy, and she told us a little bit about gigantic. it as well, which it was, is crazy that you guys were in another show together. It's gigantic, and to this day, I can't believe I ever got that job. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a miracle when anybody gets a job, you know? Uh, sure, uh, totally. But they saw, I mean, they must have seen so many people. I felt so fortunate, you know, to be to have been... Take us through that audition. What, I mean, was it, it at was, the theater, or was it... Was, it, it was at the theater. Mm-hmm. In the I love these auditions on the stage. Of, of I a, do, too. Isn't that crazy? They used to... I so still can't get over that, that. So much better, because you can't really see anybody. There's blackness out there. Yeah. yeah. And you feel like you can sort of You're do your You're on stage. Thing. Yeah. yeah like, not like a room like this that feels like, you know, like an insane asylum, you know? And horrible yeah. fluorescent lights. Lighting and, yeah. and mm-hmm. things like... Although, those are lovely up there. Actually, anyway, so I was on the stage of the Majestic, nervous, so nervous, of course. Yeah. I had to go out and sing this aria. Never went through it with the accompanist again. You know, I just handed it to them. But I remember, and I remember right before I went on, this hysterical, which may have broken the ice for me, this man was auditioning uh, for Hal, and he was doing Bess, You Is My Woman no. na- Now, from Porgy and Bess, okay. and he played Bess and Porgy no, no, no. in the song. No. <laughs> no. Genius. Bess, no. <laughs> You Is My Woman Now. And he would jump over to the side. And he did this hilarious thing. We were all backstage going, what is happening? (laughs) And so I was laughing and sort of relaxed when I went out there. And then I sang the aria, and he comes up to the lip, and I did well, and he comes up to the lip of the stage to talk to me, and it's Hal Prince. Yeah. Hilarious. I I was just amazing. I had to pinch myself. He was so sweet. And he asked me a little bit about myself, and uh, he said, do you dance on point? Because at the time, you know, we all danced on point. And I said, no, but I'm a fast learner. And I can, you know, I can, I'll be happy to take ballet or whatever Good you answer. need me to do. And, uh, yeah, that was it. And I, and I got it. So After one audition? I think one. Wow. Nice. I don't remember having to go back. I really don't. They, they quickly made those decisions. Yeah. Wow. I was the right height, the right size, yeah. the right sound. You know, who knows? It was a miracle. <sighs> It was a really lucky, yeah. lucky, lucky thing. And I, I, I look back and I call it Phantom Camp because I, I really grew up there and I cut my teeth there and learned so much about persistence and hard work and disappointment, you know. It took me, I was trying to move up the ranks to do Christine. Right. And well, you it took were, me almost a year before I ever performed the role. And, and you were understudy from the very beginning? I was beginning? The from the beginning and, and that was tough because they had an alternate and a Because they had Christine. Sarah Brightman and Patty Corner. Patty Corner, Corner. exactly. Yeah. And then Sarah left and... Dale Christian came in as the alternate, and of course, I wanted that job. You're like, hello. Yeah. Hello, I've been here. Yeah. But, but anyway, I was passed over at that point, and that was hard for me. It taught me a lot about hanging in there and, yeah. and disappointment. It was good, and it made me work even harder. For those of us who haven't been lucky enough to be in a room with Hal Prince yet, yes. what, is, what makes him such a great director in the rehearsal room? What, what is, what, can you articulate that? Well, for the most part, he's adorable. You know, He can be... You know, you don't want to make him mad. God right. knows. He's got, you know, he's, he's a very complicated man. But he loves what he does. You know, he had already had a very successful production of Phantom in London. And mm-hmm. uh, he was on top of the world. We basically had to just stage it again with different people. And it was just a really happy, mostly very good time uh, for, for him, I think. And he, he's, you know, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's so bright, you know, and uh, and lovely. Never forgets a name. Never forgets your any. The, you know, the last sword carrier on the left. Yeah. You know, he knows everybody's name. Wow, amazing. And uh, he just he has. You know, he. It's been said of Hal that he, that one on one with an actor is maybe not what he does the best, but he he has a vision that is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. You know, he he has a vision of what something should look like and how all the pieces should come together and tell the story and. And it was just a really lovely experience working with him. Wow. Um, your first Broadway musical is this cultural 
phenomenon. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to ask if it went to your head, but were you, were you, <laughs> but were you fully aware that what you were in was something incredibly unique and incredibly special? I, I was. I mean, it, it, it didn't go to my head. I don't think. I yeah. mean, I just, it was my whole life. You know, all I wanted to do was play Christine, and I'd, I'd go to get up and go to go to rehearsal and go to work. And because yeah. I was the understudy, I sort of lived at the theater. But uh, I do remember that it was the cultural phenomenon factor was. Uh, almost overwhelming sometimes, you know. I, we had these black satin show jackets that we wore with the phantom mask of on course. the back. Hilarious. Yep. One of the one of the pink ladies, you know. Yep. And I'd walk down the street and literally people and cabs would stop you and ask you for tickets and are you in that show? And you know, and, wow. I, and I you know, I, I got so many phone calls from people coming out of the woodwork, my friends and family I hadn't talked to in twenty years, you know, were yeah. calling me for tickets and it, it, it actually kinda got to me. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, yeah. I started ignoring the phone. and yeah. Please don't what? call me. Please don't call. <laughs> I don't have tickets. Like, oh, my God. No one knows. I had heard, were you also in Phantom? Were you the bride that falls through I the was. I was. The, I was the, yeah, I was the bride in the mirror, the mirror bride. You were the mirror bride. Yeah. Can you, can you explain to us what this massive role in the show does? <laughs> it was such this a is. massive role. <laughs> yeah, she should have been above the title. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, it... it it's kind of a weird story. You know, there's some things that don't make sense to me. Forgive me, if, Andrew, if you're listening to this or how or whatever. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's not their fault. It's just the weird. Love if they were it was, it was just weird, some weird stuff in the show. And that was one of the things I never really understood. <laughs> the mirror bride. Yeah. Yes, just, you know, she's yeah. in a frame and he's trying to scare Christine and... You know, she's walking around his his lair, looking around, and at the at a particular part of the song, the, the you know some climax of the song, I fall out of the mirror and like you know I have this mask on and I'm, you know, scare her half to death, and uh, it, it was hard too. I mean, it was hard on my lower back, and you know, one time I was. I can't say this on the air, probably. But anyway, I got a little sick. I almost had diarrhea while I was oh. doing the Mirror Bride, and uh, well, so yeah, that was you know I had there was some there, and you have to stay yeah. still oh for my a God. very long time. Oh my God! But you get to watch them. It's kind of oh, fun yeah. watching them on stage. What's and, it like understudying Sarah Brightman? Well, you know she was lovely. I remember one night all the girls in the show took her out to to uh, the place across the street. Now I can't think of it. It's now closed, but. Uh, Angus, yeah. It was across from Angus. It used to be the old... Anyway, I can't remember yeah. the name. But uh, she was lovely, you know. Uh, very sweet, actually, yeah. and kind of shy. And we never talked that much, mm -hmm. you know. She was lovely. I don't think she saw me as Eve or anything. Or, right. no. or, or, or Patty Cohen or as Eve or anything. Right, right. Uh, and she worked very hard. And, and uh, you know, it was disappointing when she didn't get a Tony nomination. There were lots of yeah. disappointments there because... Everybody expected us to yeah, run yeah. the, you know. Of course. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's how, that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once Phantom is over, yeah. once, you, once you've completed that run, what's next for you? Well, after Phantom, as Phantom was uh, dying down or as I was kind of losing my mind doing it a little bit, uh, Secret Garden came along. And it came along at just the perfect time. The Secret Garden, which is, we were talking about this before you got here, this show is so special. So special. To so many people. I, I hope you realize the impact. Yeah. I'm sure you do. It's had. I do. And I, it's, the most, it's the most wonderful experience I've had on stage. It, it's changed my life. It was, you know, I'm so honored to have been a part of it, you know, and to, be, to have gotten to sing that score. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, so gorgeous. So this is your second Broadway show, and yep. it's the first time, though, that you're creating a role yeah, from scratch. Yeah, I was scratch. so excited about so that. So let's use this for an example, if that's okay. How do you approach a role? What, when, when you get the text in front of you, what do you do for the first time? How do you get into that world? Oh, dear. Well, it's, it's interesting when it's, when it's an original role, mm -hmm. and no, one, no one's ever seen the show. Uh, you know, I read as much as I could, and I, I, you know, I just felt so close to that character, and... and the music mm. just spoke to me so deeply. I can't tell you. I just felt, feel like I was, I, I don't know. I feel like one of my reasons to be was to sing that music. Mm -hmm. It's weird. I just felt, always felt such a closeness with it. Um, and, I, I, you know, it's how I approach every role that I, that I you know, you, you, you read, you try to be truthful. That's all, you know. You try to be truthful in... You know, listen to your fellow actors and and try to bring the truth out. Bring your bring yourself to the part, but you know, bring your and because it was a period piece, you know, you have to be mindful of that. And you know, I love doing period stuff because yeah. it's so interesting. And so your your Phantom 
experience was we've done this once before. Yeah. So it's pretty much we're going to follow the template. <laughs> this is nobody knows. Nobody what this no, looks no, like. no nobody knows. And you've done a lot in your career. You've gone back and forth a lot. Is there one that you prefer over the other? Uh, reviving something or doing an yeah. original yeah, yeah. role? You know, as an actress, I guess if I was putting them on a scale, it would be slightly weighted towards original role. Yeah. Mm. Uh, because everybody wants to do that. But on the other hand, I love the challenge of, of uh, reviving something and bringing, trying to bring something new to it and mm. trying to bring... My husband is a you know, he does that so well. Oh, yeah. And I, I strive to be the actor that he is. But uh, so, but that's, so I love them both, actually. I've even replaced, and I love doing that, because yeah. I've replaced a, a few times in shows that I loved. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cinderella and Nine, and, and then last was, was Fun, Fun Home, Fun which Home. which was, I said Secret Garden was the best experience. Fun Home may be slightly better, even. Oh, yeah. So awesome you got to play that. Amazing. Yeah. It was so amazing. When was the first time you heard the Marsha Norman, Lucy Simon score? Oh. I think uh, the first time I heard it was when an accompanist played through the songs that I was supposed to sing for the audition. I mean, oh. that, that, that I didn't yeah. have any other source uh, uh, back then in 1990 or whatever and it was. Very yeah. quickly, would you remind our listeners which songs were yours in Secret Garden? Uh, yes. Well, I, I started, well, Come to My Garden is a big one. You know, you sing to your yes. kid and then... Uh, How Could I Know, which is a tearjerker toward the end that I sing to Archie. Um, Clusters of Crocus, I start the show, you know, sitting up in a thing. Uh, and there was there were beautiful quartets and trios throughout, but those are the main. Yeah. Those are the main. What was that process like? What made that process oh, so special? Of of putting the show together. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, when it's an original, when you're when you're doing it for the first time, you actually get to work with, or we did. We got to work with Bill Brown, who was the orchestrator, mm-hmm. and we'd go down in the basement of the of the the theater and uh, try to work out arrangements with him. So I remember working with him and Mandy on. How could I know? And and it was just oh, I just can't tell you how thrilling it was. Wow! What's it like sharing a stage with Mandy Patinkin, who was brilliant in this? He role? was. It was amazing. You know, he he. You know, he gave one thousand percent on stage. Uh, really loved the role and cared about it so much. And uh, you know, he's intense and you know can be neurotic and all that too. Mm-hmm. But you know, but he. But we became good friends, and he he was just a lovely friend and really lo- wonderful to work with. Actually. And how long were you a Secret Garden? I was, uh, it ran for about a year and nine months. A lot of the show, few shows I've done have run for a year and nine months. Yeah. Huh. I don't know why it works out to be that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Just co- coincidence, you know, a couple of years. Just a coincidence. Yeah. So it did the whole run, yeah. You did the whole run of Secret yeah. Garden. Um, it was wonderful. This name comes up a lot in your career, and it's a link that you and I share, and that's Susan Shulman. Yes, exactly. So uh, Susan Shulman was this brilliant director. She directed you in Secret Garden and Boys from Syracuse. Yeah, The Sound of Music. Sound of Music, which we'll get to in a second. And um, she's your mentor. And she's my, yeah. my mentor. That's what great. makes her so special? You keep going back to her, so there's, there's something there that's working. I know. Well, <laughs> either... I kept going back to her. She kept coming to me, which ah. is which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah. Susan is first of all, she's very smart, bright. Uh, you know, attention her attention to detail, and 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 I love her that she's a woman. You know, I love the whole the whole Secret Garden thing about being mostly all women except for R- Michael Lichtenfeld, the choreographer. Oh, right. But the score, but the all score, women, and the, the design book, the, team. Yeah. Right? The book, the the design team, Heidi Landisman. Uh, yeah, everybody. Wow. Uh, I love that nurturing aspect. Although, you know, women directors can be. You know, fierce and yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but I love Susan. We we have a we go way back. I think I auditioned for her when I first came to New York too for something. <laughs> yeah. We 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 laughed about that and how probably how bad I was at that <laughs> whatever audition that was. But you know, I'm glad I'm glad that uh, that the Secret Garden came along. But anyway, I've always enjoyed working with with, with Susan. We used to have houses near each other up in the Poconos, and <laughs> and we would you know she's not there anymore, but. And you returned to Secret Garden at some point, didn't you, recently? Uh, I did a, a benefit concert of it. There was the big benefit yes. concert yeah, yeah. that I didn't do, but I did, the, I did another one uh, that benefited um, Make-A-Wish. Oh, wow. And uh, was downtown at a theater, and uh, Lucille Hortel Theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was amazing. I, uh, my, uh, my Archie was Bradley Dean. Hi. Oh, I did a little night music with Bradley Dean. Yes. He's so talented. He's and so talented. Probably the best Archie ever. <laughs> I mean... He is something He's special. Else. He is something he, else. He was something else, yeah. yeah. 
And it was it was an amazing experience. We did it in the original key, so I thought, can I still sing <laughs> this music? Yes, and, you can. And yeah, I, you I can. can. I, I realized yes, I could, can. so that was a real uh, uh, picker-upper for me that I could sing that high stuff. And fun to revisit, too, I'm sure. So, I mean, even after a little bit of time. and So much fun to mm-hmm. sing again. Uh, and I feel like in some ways, having... 30 years having passed, or almost 30, 25 years, yeah. that I sing probably some of it better than I did then, because I was just a young, yeah. know-nothing, you know. Secret Garden is a show that gets produced all the time in yeah. high schools and Amazing. colleges, and there's rumor that it's going to come back to us oh. next season. Oh, right. Nice. Won't that be great? Um, yeah. For people that are going to tackle your role at some point, are there any tips or insights that you'd like to give them? <laughs> any Take a really deep breath <laughs> before some of those long <laughs> phrases. You know, they're really hilarious. I'm kidding. There is. What is it? I love you know, that. I love well, that. yeah, I don't have any tips except just enjoy it. It's one of the most glorious scores ever written. It really is. It's something special. And Lily's a wonderful character, too. You know, I wish it was, I wish it had been bigger and I wish she had had more to say. But, yeah. but she was very influential over the production and this beautiful character that, you know, was, I loved playing. Oh, she's very important. Yes, yeah, she runs throughout the whole thing. So I, I, I just asked, and I have to ask again, uh, you know, you're a soprano, and yet I know you sing many different styles, but I know some women sometimes are like, oh, I'm only this. I'm, I'm only a this. beltress, or I'm a soprano <laughs> mixer. And I have had some friends over the years that said, no, I just, that's what my voice does, but then am I, am I stuck at all? And I was wondering sure. if you ever felt that way. So we can yeah, in my, in my young, day, young career, I, I did, you know, uh, pretty much just do those leading lady lyric soprano roles and and, and I love doing it you know that's my that's my thing uh, so I'm, I'm proud of, of, of that and my body of work in that area but th- but as I got older I decided I discovered that um, I wanted to sing different styles and I didn't in my childhood I was yeah. a rocker and I sang everything you know pop yeah. country jazz all of it and so I, I did a CD years ago called Leaving Home, which was more like a pop album for me, which huh. I had such a great time doing that. And so uh, I, I love singing. I think a good singer is a good singer. A good voice is a good voice. I tell young, young students that all the time. They, um, uh, people will try to put you in a box, but I, I think that a good voice should be versatile enough to sing many different styles. Opera may be the exception. Yep. I don't know if you're a Wagnerian soprano. Can you... Can you sing a lot of other styles? Maybe not. You know, I don't know much about that world. Right. But other than, otherwise, I think your uh, your vocal cords should be able to do many, many things. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so you don't have to be pigeonholed. I like that. You don't. You no. really don't. And you shouldn't. Don't let anybody do that to you, you know. Kevin, guess what? What, Rob? We now have over 50 iTunes <sighs> reviews. Huzzah! Huzzah! Indeed! Oh. We are climbing those iTunes rating charts. That's amazing. Yeah. How do we climb even higher? Can you take <laughs> me high enough? Little Rock of Ages for you. Do you know I like that you took it up so high, too? <laughs> you didn't even, you like went right to the tenor place. I was going to do climb. No Robert Goulet. <laughs> like, no. Can you take me high enough? Thanks for coming out tonight. Ooh, and my falsetto there. <laughs> Thank you. And a little Sergio Frankie? Yeah, a little Sergio. It's never over. <laughs> Much like the 24-hour buffet down in the lobby of the Dunes Casino. Me and Sid the Caesar. Two nights only at the Mirage. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well... Lovely listeners, this is where you come in. This is how we're going to climb those iTunes rating charts. That's right. Lovely listeners, if you love us, would you go to iTunes, click on the iTunes store, search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Then click on Ratings and Reviews. Under the Customer Reviews, click Write a Review. Then let us know what you think from one to five stars. That's right. And you can leave comments, too, like, Kevin Thomas is a god. Or, Rob, who the hell is Hervé Villachez? Who, who, who is Hervé Villa? Villa? Oh my God! I fell for it again. You fell for it. That wasn't even the script. The man has never done (laughs) one musical in his entire life, and he gets mentioned more than Stephen. Right, but I love him from James the Bond. Okay, anyway, guys, help us out, please. Please. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) So now we're going to go from a new musical to a revival. We're going to go off to Showboat. Yes. Ooh. And Magnolia must have been in your repertoire for since the beginning. I would think. I mean. and you did the recording of it. I, I, that I uh, well, I recorded the the Broadway the show. Yes, you know the the Broadway show, the original recording of that that right. we did in uh, Toronto, yeah. right, with Live Ant. 
Uh, yeah, it, it was, um, I don't know that I had been singing, I probably did sing some Magnolia stuff <laughs> earlier, you know, in my career, but uh, that was that was another amazing Hal Prince experience, you know, 70 member cast. Huge, uh, huge. Huge. Yes. Um, we... <laughs> Well, can anyone we, hear that next door? I don't know if they can. Usually, no. Usually, we only pick up some bad acting when we're in the room <laughs> down the hall. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that but stuff. But someone's That's doing their voice, their voice yeah. ex- exercises right now. So, uh, no, but anyway, we'll ignore that. Uh, what do you want to know about it? Um, what a great question. So, first of all, there were so many elements, like you said, there was this big 70-piece cast that was going into all of this thing. How did you guys approach taking... First of all, the show had 90 different versions. It did. Prior to even Mm. getting to this revival. It's songs cut, songs put in. I mean, each version had its own score. Where did you all begin? I mean, I'm... Well, Hal, of course, started... He he was very influenced by John McGlynn's recording of it that I I had one spoken line on. I thought you were on that. But tiny little line, and my one line was, Low Cat Mandy. So that was my one... that That was my contribution. Yeah. On the le- I was on the levee, one of the young girls on the levee. <laughs> and, I, and I got to meet Lillian Gish <gasps> the day I did it because that's she cool. was the old lady on the levee. Oh, my God. No, she was in a wheelchair, and she oh. st- was still gorgeous. She still had that little face, yeah. that face. Amazing. Huh. But anyway, um, so he was very influenced by John's album. John McGlynn, was oh, yeah. late John oh, McGlynn, a very yeah. lovely friend of mine, a conductor I worked with many times. Yeah. Um, Recorded every note that was ever written. Just complete recording. Which which was his thing. But how, but so how pick, you know, he picked this and cut that. And we we did have an original, very original production. It had never been quite done like ours. I wish I could tell you exactly what was cut or or put in, but we did have some new things, some new music in there. Uh, Beginning of Act Two, there was a passage of time where decades went by and, and we were all coming out of a, of a, you know, revolving door in a hotel in Chicago and, Stroman did this brilliant thing. People would come through the door and the decade would change and the oh, fashions yeah. would change and the music would change. And I think that was new or maybe maybe written just for our production. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, we, we got picketed in Toronto because, well, because we're portraying slavery. But, yeah. you know, it, it happened in our country. It's a, it's a horrible <laughs> chapter. But it did happen. And I, and I think we portrayed it... Uh, in a dignified way and a, tr- a truthful way, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have all the horrible words in there, yeah. that, you know, that were in original productions, of course. You can't. Yeah, but yeah, I thought I thought it, I thought we did a good job. So I'm not, I'm never really sure why we were picketed or why it was people were upset about it. Yeah, <clears throat> but and you guys went all all over with that production, is that right? Uh, no, we were just we, we were just in Toronto at the North York uh, Theater. Uh, it wasn't in San the, Francisco at some point. Well, after? That, that production went on tour. On um, tour, I, I took it. I did the Broadway, of uh, course, production, and then it stayed in Toronto for a while, and then probably toured, and then right. Oh, for some reason, I thought it went to San Francisco. Like, before like, it came no, no, into, no. Yeah, but I'm obviously wrong. Um, shame on me. I should know better. <laughs> That's all right. That. Maybe it went to San Francisco later. After, I'm sure Probably. it did. Yeah, I'm sure it did. It was a beautiful. How do you get into the role of Magnolia? Well, in a way, uh, you know, I kind of grew up southern, and I sort of it wasn't very hard. You mm-hmm. know, she, I mean, it was it was hard, but I mean, I felt very like her. You know, I could have a slight. I, we all had slight southern accents, even though we weren't all slight com- completely <laughs> southern, but we were sort of southern right. people uh, on this showboat, and. Uh, yeah, it's a great role too because she ages. To, you know, I, I become a older lady, so I start young girl, older lady, which was so much fun and it's something I'd never done before. So I start as a teenager, get married, have a kid, and then yeah, you know, go through divorce, and then you know, the music of Jerome Kern yeah comes oh. up often in your life. You just yeah. did, did a concert that was entirely yeah. Jerome Kern music. What what is it about his music that appeals to you so much? <laughs> well, he's Jerome Kern has had a huge influence on me, as you point out. Um, from Showboat to all the concerts I did with John McGlynn, we did many, many Kern shows. Oh, and yeah. it's the studio recordings, I feel like there's like a dozen. Yes. I feel like yeah, that. yeah we did a lot of that. And uh, of course, I was just sitting. I was sitting around one day, thinking, "What am I? What, what's my next job going to be?" Uh, <laughs> right, right before my album came out, I got love. The songs mm-hmm. of Jerome Kern. It came out in what 2013, 12, something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I was literally sitting in my living room, and I grabbed a pad and a pen and started writing my a show, a Kern show. And I thought, who can I? I'm, I'm going to do Jerome Kern. You know, I just something a, a voice went, sing Jerome Kern. You know, because I've been singing him my whole life, and I felt like 
it was the perfect time to do it uh, with all the experience that I'd had and while I could still yeah. sing. Yeah. And so, so I wrote this show and uh, started to um, do a lot of research with my musical director, Joseph Thalkin, who's oh, brilliant. Oh, you know, of course. You know, you know yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh God, he's one genius. of those composers we can talk about. But he, um, he and I went through, just, you know, thousands of songs and I thought I knew all of Jerome Kern's songs but I didn't know all of his songs you know it's a massive catalog oh. it's a massive catalog and he and he died young you know yeah. in, in, Very at the young. age of 60 and so in 1945 he died <laughs> and um, so he is amazing it might be hard to pin this one down but if you had to pick I'm still trying to answer your question sorry about his music oh it's, no it's so hard to answer but go ahead go ahead no, what is if somebody had never heard Jerome Kern before what song would you would you give them and go? This yep. is this is the essence of Jerome Kern. Oh, I can't believe you asked me that question. Well, let me think about this. Sure. I love his early stuff so much, but I suppose if I had to pick one, it would be all the things you are mm. from Very Warm for May or yeah. Why Was I Born? You know, yeah, just one of those. One of those. Ooey gooey melodic. He could fabulous. write a melody. Oh, oh yeah. So, Gosh. so beautiful. Yeah. Can I complicate complicate the question even yes. more? Uh, here we go. Favorite lyricist who worked with who Jerome Kern. Who worked to Jerome Kern? Well, one of them is definitely Dorothy Fields. Yes. But, yes. Yeah. We yeah. love Dorothy we Fields on this podcast. Yes. yes. We, we did a whole episode on her once. So I mean, yes. Oscar Hammerstein the second is the obvious yes. answer because he obviously was uh, also one of his best lyricists, but. She's um, amazing. She, yeah, she and doesn't get the credit she deserves. She, oh, right, we because not. About that. she probably yeah. brought out something new and different in him. Totally, right? yeah, with her wonderful yeah lyrics. Okay, so Dorothy Fields. Good answer. Oh, okay, great. Boy, very. I'm happy. That's that's. Yeah. That was a really good. <laughs> really good answer. Yay! <laughs> I'm glad you agree. Um, so Showboat then opens. Oh, and you go to your oh, yeah, and your first Tony, your first Tony, Tony oh, nomination. Yes, you go to the Tony Awards. Over that. No, it, that was crazy. Yeah, I didn't expect that at all. You know, of course. I don't know. I just didn't, you know. I just didn't. And and that year was only me and Glenn Close. The right. Tony, 1995 Tonys was that what it was? That's, yeah. And and we were the only two in our category. <laughs> and of course, hilariously, well, you know, she was chosen to host the Tonys that year. <laughs> so sitting in my chair, going, "Well, there's You're not like, a chance in hell <laughs> I'm gonna win this. I'm just gonna relax." Still. But you know, right before my name was called, I was going, "Okay." You know, if I am, if I do win, I gotta say something, and I had not the first clue. I was trying to think of names, and you know, anyway, I didn't have to That's, worry about that. But, but what a night! What a crazy night! I, you know, I don't know why there were just two of us. There were so many women that year. It was, it was really kind of a yeah. controversial thing. Actually, yeah. there were just two. It, of us. it was a wild year a with, wild for, year. for musicals and yeah. for nominations. It was, but I was so honored to, and so oh. surprised to, to get that. So yeah, um, Elaine yeah. Stritch. Oh my God! Whom we so, both have worked with. God love yes. her. Heavy. Guys, yeah, that's the yes. Yeah. What did you do with Elaine? A little night music. She oh was a replacement in a little night oh, music. Oh, that's great. And uh, but, of course, of course. But so we know the good, bad, and the ugly. She yes, we do. And I love she, her. I love she her. She was her, something. She was something I loved else. her. I love working with her too. We get, we got along very well. Yep. You know, yeah. which is which helps lucky. I think which if she likes help. you. <laughs> so helps. And uh, but I love telling people that Elaine Stritch played my mother because we're so much alike. You know, in every way. Vocally, personalities, you know, looks, oh, yes. the whole thing. Uncanny. Uncanny. <laughs> but I do have some funny stories about her. She was just a hoot. And, I would love uh, to hear one. Yes, you do. God. Well, she liked to walk around her dressing room without a lot of clothes on. Yep. I remember that. And and when, uh, you know, Bobby Morse left the show and John McMartin replaced him, oh, God oh, love him. Yes, Another, a moment for him. I yeah. know, a moment of silence. Just love him so much. He replaced uh, uh, him, and so Elaine would constantly call him into her dressing room, you know, you know, John, I want to talk to you about something, you know. And of course, he'd walk in, and there she'd be, half-dressed. <laughs> Boobs out, yeah. And like... he was just not so uncomfortable. You know, he <laughs> couldn't even nice look at her. Man. Couldn't even look at her. He was like, yes, Elaine, what is it? What is it? You know. And I heard oh he was God. very a little shy, Please, too. A little shy. Uh, yeah, yeah. A little life. shy, yeah. and it was hilarious. And her door was always open, and she was always yep. walking around naked, and we could all we could hear everything. And, yep. You know, I mean, and she was just, she, no one like her in the world. She's just a wonder. Yep. And of course, yep. you know, they gave her the song, Why Do I Love You? And yeah. I that was that was That new. was a change. I was going to mention that earlier. Giving yeah. Carthy, the, the baby to hold, which... Which, you know, she looked like she was holding a wooden block, you know. I don't think she'd ever held a baby. But, you know, but I, she would warm up in her dressing room for the, every night. 
Mm-hmm. You know, why do I, why do I, why do I? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it this. was so just weird. all we could do. That's oh, genius. God, now, wait a minute. <laughs> Help me out chronologically. Does harmony come before Sound of Music? Uh, right before Sound of Music. Okay. Yeah. So you do harmony out in the LA. Barry Manilow musical. The Barry Manilow musical harmony, and we did it at, at the at the old at the uh, yeah the La Jolla Playhouse, and uh, and I met I was starting to date my husband Danny Burstein at that time. That was well, when we first got together. Is that and, where you first met? I, well, we, we we met doing Time and Again at the Old Globe. Time and Again, the another piece that we forget about. Yeah, because oh, a lot of people talk about how great that was that music and, was, and how special it was. was gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. I loved the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, Jack yeah. But no, okay. uh, so so that was a great. It was a great experience, and it was a lovely musical. Actually, it had some problems, you know, that they never really fixed. Yeah. So it was it was ill fated and never really got off the ground. But I played. The shiksa wife to my husband Danny Burstein's rabbi. And, oh my gosh! Uh, and amazing. We had, and we had we got to dance this crazy beautiful ballroom, Fred and Ginger number in the show, and it was just it was great. It was you know lovely experience. But anyway. So how does a showman's work? I a mean, showman's? Yeah, we'll call it oh. showman's. Is that what we can call it's doing, it? It's going pretty well, I'd say. In the beginning stages, it was a showman's, and now it's sure. Yeah, in harmony, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, for us, it's worked out great. I, I, I can't remember the last day that I dated anybody but an actor in my life. Maybe yeah. once or twice I did. So but so I'm, I've always been comfortable with that. Well, sometimes they encourage people to date outside yeah. the field, but it seems to be working yeah. quite like it's, well, well for the both of you. Yes, we've, we both had some, some lovely luck and, yeah. uh, and have managed to, you know, I've managed to help him raise two boys at the same time, <sighs> which, was, which is interesting and yeah. hard. And how old are they now? Mostly good, 21 and 24. Oh my God! Did <laughs> yeah. they go to college? They, uh, yeah, it's my oldest Alex uh, is out of college for a few years now. He's in the film industry and oh, you know, sort of making a living at it. Good, Good for him. him. Doing really, he's really smart. And um, my younger son Zach is not quite sure what he wants what he wants to do. He was in music and then he went nice. into psychology and now religious studies and he's hey, trying to figure it out. Plenty of time. Amen. Yeah, he's, he's young. He's very time. smart. Wow. Art, artistic like his dad, but yeah. Oh, amazing. Who knows? Who knows? So it works out. It worked out well for us. Do you enjoy so doing regional theater? I mean, do you enjoy going away from New York and setting down roots in San Diego for a little bit? Or no, <laughs> no, no, I don't. Rob, Great. no, no. Well, you know what? You know what? In a my, firm no. In my life, so I'm going to take this offer off. You know, the table. I, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The times that I have been away, like to do. Time and again, and yeah. which was supposed to come into Broadway but never did, yeah. and Harmony, which was kind of, but you know, it all worked out because I met Danny, and and then and then I went away to do a Little Dancer. I don't know if you want to talk about that later, yeah. but I, I did that in D.C. in oh, 2014, yeah. and that was a wonderful experience. And we thought that was going to be a Flaherty and Aaron's musical, Aaron's right? Flaherty's Aaron's new, and Flaherty, yeah. New, new, uh, one of their new things. Stroman, and, um, yeah. So uh, I, I enjoy doing it sometimes if I don't have to go too far away sure. or stay too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, I totally because, get it. Because, I don't know, when I, when I was 24, it would have been okay, but... I've never you, done an, a tour. You was going to say you never did any tours or anything like that. Not really, except for uh, you know, leave it to Jane. Briefly went to Florida, you know, <laughs> after Good Speed, and that, that's about as as much as I've in time and, huh. and you know, and the few shows I've done regionally. Yeah, of course. Never toured anything. Yeah. So now let's see. sound of music is going to yes. come into your life. Now I don't know. Were you intimidated? I mean, this is this is sound of music. This is everyone remembers Julie Andrews. Does, uh, you, does, it was intimidating. Does that even enter your mind? Or are you just like, I, I can take what's on the page and bring it to life? You know, it, it, I never was really bothered by it, you know? Mm. I, I just, you know, because, you know, why be bothered by it? I'm, I'm very different from, from her. And, uh, but I did steal some stuff from her because, you know, you steal from the best. Absolutely. Yeah, but, uh, you get the good you know, stuff. And that was a show where I had about five auditions, you know. Well, this is five the, or six callbacks. This is the first major New York revival of yeah, it, correct? Yeah, it was, it was mean, not an easy uh, job to get. Oh, wow. Oh, so you no. Five. Something like that. What did, they, what did they do in all five of these things? You just sing this? Well, get, the, the first couple are just, you know, seeing if you're right for it and you get, you know, you get past that bar and then they start bringing in people to match you with and they they, oh. you know, they match up a million people with another million people and they, and they you know they dwind, that dwindles down to a small group and then <laughs> so how, it goes. How do you keep yourself sane during this process? It's very hard. It's happened to me a lot actually. Yeah. Most most jobs I've gotten are hard won. Yeah. Um, and you, you, fight, just, yeah. you just have to keep your cool and go and do your best. You know you just have to What grounds you? Well just 
you know, knowing that you're, you just have to do your best every time you go in and yeah. stay focused. That's all. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, you do know you might not get it. And, and you, you know, if I hadn't gotten some of these, yeah, it would have been hard, but yeah. I would have lived and who, moved who on. Who directed uh, the side? I can't believe uh, I can't remember. Su- Susan Schulman. It was. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So she sure t- did. Oh What's her my. middle name? Is it H? Susan H. It's H. Yeah. There's Holy. a Susan L. Schulman who's Who we've interviewed, actually. Yes. for the right. Yep. That's hilarious. And they get each other's Susan emails H. and they have to send yes. each other the right stuff. Very yeah. funny. Yeah. I'm sure they're very good friends now. Yeah. I know, right? It's so funny. But so uh, Music Man was an interesting story. I, I, I uh, wasn't asked to audition for that. They didn't want me to come in for that. But yeah, they all knew you. I mean, Stroh knew you. Yeah, they and all like... knew me. Uh, they, they thought they wanted a, a new, fresh, nobody-they'd-ever-met person or maybe a TV movie star to do, to do Marion. Huh. And, um, wow. And I, uh, I don't blame any of them. They, that's just what they, they thought they wanted yeah. to, to get the show off the ground better. But I was so disappointed, you know. I was, it was, it was, uh, I was the perfect age and... The perfect part for yeah. me, and, and I did it in college. And probably a dream role I that I mean to show yeah. so much. It was like it's like Secret Garden to me. It's like one of those shows. And and so score. I called my agent and I said, you know, you know, the, why, just get me in. Just try. Just get me in. Okay, I don't care what you have to do. Just I, I just want to do it. I don't care if they don't want to see me. So I, I worked really hard on it, and. Wore, I remember I wore pants to the audition. And when you say you work really hard, you, you have a voice teacher that you work with? No, or I wore, did I mostly, you have a coach? I mostly or? worked with Danny. You know, he's, he's it's mostly, nice when your husband's in a really amazing movie. <laughs> 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 like, very good. So he, yeah. he helped, we worked on the book scenes a lot. Awesome. And, and then you know, I already had the music under my belt pretty much. And yeah. uh, I just I worked on that part. Nice. More, more than anything. And, and then, you wore pants. I wore pants. I, kinda, I just wanted to be comfortable. And it may have looked like I didn't care when I walked in, but I, but I, I'll never forget the experience. Though I walked in the room and they're all sitting there, and I, and I, you know, I had already made peace with it before I went mm-hmm. in, and I went, they don't want to see me for this, so I'm just gonna not worry about. it. I'm yeah. not gonna worry about anything. I, I was sort of freed yeah. from pressure. Yeah. In a weird to get the job because they already decided they don't want you. Exactly. Yeah. They decided they don't want me, and they and they may have been looking at me like, wow, she came in, and you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what they were yeah. thinking, but anyway. What I managed to do is I changed Susan Stroman's mind. So I, it was the best thing. I don't know how it happened. It was another miracle. I'm telling you, it was a miracle. What do you love about Marion Peru so much? Oh, she is, she's a, you know, a woman ahead of her time. Um, it was 1912, and you know, she's an old maid, and, and <laughs> she's sort of held out for the right man, and she cares very much about her family. Mm. Uh, she, she's got so much integrity. She's bright. Uh, we found out later that she's very funny also. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like her, you know, her fortitude, her, you know, she's no, she's no doormat. She's nobody's fool. Uh, she's just going to live her life. She doesn't care if the mayor's wife and, or, you know, they're all gossiping about her. And, and, and she's just a very special, she's a serious young woman who, who is not going to be, you know, told what to do. She's got, you know, she's smart. She's, you know, I just love her. Love her, and I love that show. Ugh, were you more than so anything? Good. Well, it's brilliant. It is so I mean, brilliant. It really is so absolutely brilliant. So brilliant. Was it? Were you still playing when 9/11 occurred? I was. We we. You that, were one of the first shows, right, to come back, uh, or, or in that in that big group that. That well, we all closed. Yeah. Down, everything closed down for about three shows. Yeah. I believe it happened on a Tuesday, and Tuesday night was dark, and then mm-hmm. the next two yeah. uh, shows were dark, and then we all came back right. On Thursday, Thursday, after 9-11. So I have to ask you, I mean, out of all the shows that were playing on Broadway at that point, I mean, there is no other musical, I think, that represents America better than The <laughs> it, Music Man. So you're really bringing everyone pretty great. back. What was that experience like? It, it, was, those first it, three it, it was wonderful. We invited firefighter families to come. Uh, that mm. was, you know, we were all, and we started singing God Bless America at the curtain call. And you remember the Music Man curtain call with the trombones? The, yeah. We all dressed up in band uniforms, and yeah. I had to play the piccolo, but most, nice. of, us, most of us played trombones. And uh, it was an amazing curtain call uh, with the, one of the quartet guys used to twirl Blake Hammond, you know, huh. used to come out and twirl the baton. And, oh, my God, hilarious. Anyway, so at the end of it, we would sing God Bless America, and then the big, giant American flag that covered the whole back wall oh. would fall. It was like, and so, you know, the first two, I'm crying now. Yeah, I know. We couldn't sing. Oh, you know, yeah. But we managed to somehow. And that's why we do it. I mean, it's the yeah. whole point. And the audience loved it. And, oh. and you know, I, I, you know, a lot of people think that shows closed early because of 9-11. But honestly, I think that New Yorkers kept Broadway open longer, yes. maybe, than, mm-hmm. than it would have. New Yorkers really, and New, New Jerseyites, everybody. Yeah. 
in the surrounding areas came came to the city you know yeah. because tourists weren't coming everybody came yeah. and it was it was a really wonderful time in that way well yeah. thank you and thank yeah. you to your whole cast because i mean seriously the service wow. that you guys did was oh my gosh incredible of course yeah. yeah i forget what was open then but yeah a lot of a lot of stuff but and a, a, an, a, an adventure to the Tony Awards again. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this was... time you were like, oh, you know, I've yeah, been around before. I've been around, but I, I knew I wasn't going to win still. I mean, it was, it's, it's fine. That's fine. You know, <gasps> always a bridesmaid. No, I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, it'll happen. Oh, it'll happen. It's, it's fine. And, it, my, yeah. my husband has six nominations and it's never happened. And that's which fine. He doesn't care. Doesn't I care more than he cares yeah. for him. You know. Same. Yeah, I feel. I was like, that's a, don't, don't that's, a they, that's a crime. That's a crime. That's a crime. That's just a crime. Um, okay. So okay. This is what fascinates me about you so much, yes. which is you're, tell you're, me. You're, <laughs> you're known so much for oh, you know the the classic soprano and all that stuff. Yeah. But you have such a passion for encouraging new voices yeah. and getting new composers' work out there. So my question for you is this. How did that come to be? How did you decide that that was going to be your mission for a lot of the concert and CD work that you do? Oh, well, this is a very easy answer. Uh, a man named Joel Fram. I don't know if you know Joel Fram. and no. it, Annette, yes. Annette Joles, who's a producer. Uh, Joel was, was one of the assistant conductors on The Music Man, and he came to me one day, as close to our closing, right around 2002, and knocked on my door. Yeah, I really didn't know him that well. Shy little guy, you know. <laughs> and he said, would you, I'm, I'm starting this thing called the New Voices Collective, and we're going to do it at the Thalia, at Symphony Space, and we're bringing all these new, young new composers together and, and about, you know, seven or eight singers, and we're going to do some new music. And I went, that sounds amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm in. So I was the first person he asked, and he, he often refers to me as his muse on that whole thing because I, start, <laughs> I started out doing it with him. So right around 2003, we started doing these concerts at the Thalia. Danny was the MC. He was the MC, I think, for, through most of the series. Huh. And uh, we, did, we did them all year long. We did about three or four a year concerts. And it was the most wonderful experience all, all new works. I mean, all, all new composers. All new songs, um, and they were, and all of the songs were good. I yeah. mean, you know, Steve Marzullo, Joseph Thalken. Oh, that's how you probably met. Um, yeah, Thalken. exactly. Ricky Ian Gordon probably oh, had some stuff I love in there. Ricky. And he, John Kander even wrote one for one of those things yeah. that I recorded. Summer with you, it's called. Yeah. Uh, so many, all of them, amazingly talented, and God, just those concerts. I, and, and then I did, and then in two thousand five. I did, a, I did my first Allen Room concert. It was called the Allen Room back then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, did, I did a whole New Voices Collective concert for that evening. I sang like 18 songs, wow. just me, all new songs. And boy, that was, it was just a great, a great night for me. It was a great fun. <laughs> for some people who aren't as familiar with New Voices as you are, who are some that you would recommend for listeners to, to get introduced to? Some that maybe have not had their moment in the spotlight yet. Oh, God. You know what? An easy way to, to do this is to... It, I, I sound horrible because I'm hawking an album. No. But I, I did a, an album shortly after that called Greenwich Time. Oh, yeah. And a lot of them are on there. It's called Greenwich Time. Um, P.S. Classics produced it. Uh, Tommy Krasker, yeah. wonderful guy. Uh, let me think. Who are some of the ones? Oh, Jenny Gearing. Yes. Uh, oh, she's wonderful, yeah. And Georgia Stitt, who's, who's married to Jason Robert Brown. That's right. Uh, wow. Great songs there. So many. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the newer ones that people may not have heard of. It's like a decade ago. I'll think of some more. We'll okay. come back to this. That's great. And we'll put a link to our listeners. But, but Steve Marzullo, Joseph Thalken, they are, yeah. I mean, they're oh, two of our yeah. finest writers around, yeah. Yeah. you know. Well, bless you for championing oh, and their work. Yeah. Je Jeff Blumenkrantz did some. Oh, he's of also, course. He's also yeah. an actor. He was, yes, he, of course. He wrote some stuff for that. He was just in Bright Star, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's so talented, you know, as an actor and a songwriter. Yeah. I've sung many of his songs and recorded great many. Songwriter. Oh, great songwriter. Smart music. Very smart music. So yeah. good. So good. Love yeah. Jeff. Isn't yeah, he amazing? Jeff, yeah, he's... He is something very special. I know. I agree. Yeah. I think a lot of people sometimes forget that he's also a brilliant songwriter. I know. You see him on stage and he's oh, so yeah. hysterical and oh. you hear these songs and they break your heart. Yeah. Amazing. And you go, how does that mind work, Jeff? Yeah. How oh, does yeah. that mind work? Um, <laughs> I know. Right. Going into, talking about championing new voices, going into Fun Home. Oh, my gosh. Which you said you were more so than happy to go in and replace for. I was more right. than happy to, yeah. So, what makes this, ex what was so special to you? Had about you this seen show? it before you yeah. knew that they were going to replace? You know, you know I haven't. I waited. Yeah. I waited till uh, honestly, I don't know why I waited all that time to see the show, but I got the call to come in for the audition, and then I went. I should see it. Yeah. Uh, 
And then, of course, I fell in love with it. And, and mm. uh, I, I just, for me, it was very different because I got to be a, a, a contemporary character, which I don't, I do that sometimes, but not very often. Not very often, And no. I get to walk around in jeans and tennis shoes. Right. And that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I just, I loved the whole, I read the graphic novel, you know, uh, by Alison Bechtel and, um, I just started reading about it and really loving the story, this crazy dysfunctional family. And I loved the way they crafted the show so that it had these funny, really dark, funny moments, mm-hmm. but also heartbreaking moments. Yeah. And like moments where you go, oh my God, how could a family be so messed up? Yeah. But they're so like me, you know, so yeah. much like my family. I don't know. Yeah. In, in some ways. And I just, I just loved that dysfunction of it and how this woman, the, my character, Allison, I mean, uh, 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 what's her face? Yeah. Helen? Who I yes. Helen, thank yeah. you. Yeah. The way Helen tried to make her life work, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I tried to, in the beginning of the show, I tried to make her, you know, just, you know, I'm getting through my day. I'm, I'm going to, you know, be the, I'm going to bring, hold this family together, and I'm going to try to, you know, and then you slowly see her falling apart mm-hmm. until she can no longer deny that, her life is a mess, and she yeah. can't stay married to this man anymore. And I mean, and her song at the end, you know, I mean, you wait the whole show, and then you just yes. drop that bomb on everybody. I, I know. It's like drop that bomb, and then exit. cute. Bye. Yeah. Drop the mic. It's so good though. <laughs> oh. But I came here for only like five, four. What is it? Two months? Seven weeks? Eight? Eight Whoa. weeks? And uh, but it was a wonderful, wonderful, amazing theatrical experience for me. It's so incredible. Yeah. Is it a role that you want to come back to at some point? Oh God, I would love to. Yeah. Before I get too old to do Helen. I'd love to love to do it again. But Judy Kuhn is a good friend of mine and I loved, you know, I saw her do it several times. She yeah. was so brilliant. And I saw the final show mm. and uh, and that was very moving, you know. Great, <laughs> great show. Do you want to keep, do, do you want to do more new musicals? Is that something that would be... Oh gosh, I'd love to do some more new stuff. I'd love to do more plays, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there a, is Movies, there a, TV. A, oh, of course. Is there a dream role in the world of plays? That, that's already been written? Oh, what a great response. You mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, what a great response. <laughs> I'd love to do a I new play. That. A new play. But you know what? I'd love to do Shakespeare. I'd love to do uh, an old coward play. I'd love to do a, you know, everything. Yeah. I've, I've done some plays, but it's, it's, not the, it's not the normal thing that I do, and I'd love to do more of that. Uh, Neil Simon. I'd love to do yeah. a Neil Simon comedy. Oh, my that, gosh. It'd be brilliant. Because I love man. him. But, I, you know, I, I want to do different things and, and will. Is there anything on the bucket list that you're like, oh, boy, I really want to get? This checked off bucket list. You know yeah. there are classic role. Like you know, I never did Anna in The King and I. Yeah, and uh, I really love that role. And uh, maybe I'll do that one day. I saw Marion Maisie do it do it before it closed, uh-huh. and she was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, we just need to write a new play for you then. Just yeah. just write a new musical or a new play for me, <laughs> Rob. Will you done. done and done, Rob and Kevin? Done and done. Well, we'll <laughs> get out that sheet music. We got it. Uh, before we go. Your relationship with Susan Stroman. Oh, we yes. We haven't really talked about that as yeah. much. So what makes her so special in the room? Why, why do you follow that particular leader? Well, I've known Stro for a long time. Uh, again, she was one of these people that I auditioned for a long time ago. We used to laugh about it when I did a showboat for her because I came in to do this. I think it was a Kern review. You know, big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I you know, gosh. And, uh, you know, I, I had to do this tap this soft shoe thing for her and I could not get it. I could not get it. I'm a much better dancer now. But for some reason then, my brain was not communicating with my feet. And so anyway, we laughed about that later. I said, that's why I didn't get it, isn't it? I, isn't it? it was, I was horrible in the dance portion. So anyway, she and, you know, and she and Hal pretty much co-directed Showboat. I mean, he would admit to that too. She, yeah. she was always in the room. She was, she had, you know, she was so brilliant at that, in, in that show and was such a great support, supporter of mine. And then, you know, Music Man again, you know, she was able to do something that directors don't ever do. And that is change their conception of what they thought they wanted for the role. So she was able, I was able to walk right. in the room and give her something and she was able to go, oh, and, you know, see me in a different way. Right. And, which is, so rare, yeah. cannot tell you, and I will always be grateful to her for that. And she's funny, she's sweet, she's the hardest worker. Oh my God. I mean, she's always doing something, right? Yeah. Right. She's got 10 projects and she's working on the next one. Uh, she's a, she's, so we all work hard because she works so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's her work ethic. You know, nothing less will do than just full out, just let's do it. 
Uh, she's a wonderful choreographer. I love doing her stuff. I, I've learned to be a better dancer because of her, huh. you know, because of Little Dancer yeah. and Music Man. Oh, and, let's talk, talk about, about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second, it's, yeah. it's a beautiful show. Uh, Lynn Aarons and Steve... Uh, Lynn Aarons. Yeah, Lynn Aarons yeah, and Steve Flaherty. Yeah, yeah. uh, Anastasia's about to open their show, and, yeah. but they wrote this... Um, you know, I've been in a few workshops of it for the past, like, five years. Uh, it's a story about Degas, mm-hmm. Edgar Degas, the artist, and it's uh, based on his relationship, his true relationship with his muse, mm-hmm. who he, uh, you know, modeled the little dancer, age 14, with a tutu yeah. after the sculpt- sculpture. And um, she was a real person, Marie van Goethem, and I play the adult Marie van Goethem uh-huh. in this musical. And uh, it is, I think, their best score. It is absolutely stunningly beautiful. Wow. Ballet music and everything else in between, and... Uh, uh, Beowulf Borat designed oh, the sets, and they—it lo- looks like a big Degas painting. Right. I, you, I can't even describe it to you. It's unbelievable. We we premiered it at uh, the Kennedy Center mm-hmm. at the end of 2014. Mm-hmm. And so there's still talk of it coming to Broadway. We're hoping maybe sometime in 2018. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm saying anything I shouldn't say. Yeah. But with any luck, maybe spring of 2018. Sure. Uh, fingers crossed. And um, it it was a. I, I love I loved doing it, and I hope I hope the world gets to see it. I hope so too. I don't think we can ever have enough Flaherty and Aaron's in the oh, world. They are. Oh, no. And I mean, it's such yes. a gorgeous and you. show. And you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, put all three together, and God bless you. I'm a happy man. <laughs> Very sweet. Oh my gosh, we thank you so much. Thank you both, Robin, Kevin. This was amazing. Thank you for sitting with Truly us. Truly, oh, for special. This and and sorry, amazing. I dropped ice water in your lap. <clears throat> are oh, your pants you. Are your pants dry <laughs> yet? Oh my god, you've made my day, both of you. Oh my god. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.